have done it. Zip. Is that, did we do it? Is that how we start this thing? I certainly hope so. (laughs) Well, hello, everyone. And welcome to In a Time of Ancient Gods, the Xena podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Justine. That over there is Haley. That's me. And in this show, we are going through every episode of Xena Warrior Princess chronologically and discussing the themes and myths and characters of the Xenoverse that are actually a part of a, a greater thing. They're part of some cultural myths, cultural Ugh. our histories. We're doing the research, guys. We're doing the it's research personal, here. It's historical. It's mythological. <laughs> it's your entire world encapsulated in a six-season series? Oh, seven seasons, I think. Seven oh, series. no. In a we'll cut this seven out. Cut series? This out. <laughs> <laughs> and three episodes in the second season of Xena. <laughs> well, we are so happy to be here and to connect with listeners all around the world. Special shout out to our listeners in New South Wales, in Germany, Woo! in Saskatchewan, Woo! in Reykjavik. Yeah! Like, it is what? so cool to hear from all you guys. We love it. Our, this podcast is our it. favorite thing to do. Thank you for listening yeah. and being here with us. We love the global world of Xena. The global economy of Xenonomy. <laughs> Xeno watchers. Xenonomy. Xenomony. So, since we last sat down here at our Xena roundtable, what have you been up to, Haley? Um, I've just been hanging out by myself. I've been enjoying some. <laughs> just sitting in a dark basement waiting for more yeah. Zena. Yeah. My <laughs> curtains are closed, so who knows what time it is outside. It's a cool, like, 67 degrees mm-hmm. in my house, I'd say. Perfect temp. It could be anything outside. Oh, I was telling Justine earlier, mm-hmm. I was listening to this podcast which everyone might want to check out everyone who's a history buff it's called in our time by the bbc oh cool and the host interviews historians on various topics and they range from like all of global history so some of them are they're usually pretty specific but i enjoy some of the more general ones sometimes because who doesn't i love it i was listening to one on coffee and it made me really want coffee and i learned that Voltaire apparently wrote on 40 cups of coffee a day. What? And I thought, you know what? I could write if I had a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> if I just had one. Maybe I would write like 40 amazing. 40 cups of coffee a day. Jeez, I know, and it was like heart. Turkish coffee Jeez, style. Louise. That's... Mm-hmm. How long did he live? I mean, Do maybe he got smarter. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I don't know if that would like open you up to a new dimensional plane yeah, or if it would it'd just level up. <laughs> you probably wouldn't sleep at all. Grow a second heart to try to combat all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You probably want to work up to 40 cups a day. I'm just going to start. But maybe each, like maybe it was Turkish coffee, but maybe the. Maybe they're like a little espresso coffees, right? Isn't that traditionally maybe like in smaller cups? Teeny espresso coffees. Mm-hmm. And maybe the beans were not so hyper strong. Perhaps the beans have gotten stronger. <laughs> the beans. It's in the beans. It's all in the beans. <laughs> so I had some coffee today. Aw. 
And that is lovely. It's one of my favorite feelings. I love, I am a black coffee drinker and I have mm-hmm. a cup of French roast right here with me. I will. Lovely. Cheers to you, Haley. Oh, cheers. Let me get my coffee here. <laughs> I have some like three hour old French press <laughs> coffee with milk. It's nicely chilled. Oh, I yeah. I prefer it warm, but I'll drink it cold. I'll drink it cold. Usually if it's mm-hmm. cold, I'll just pop a couple ice cubes in there and then act like it's intentional. <laughs> it's intentional now. Now it's cooled down to as if I'd melted those ice cubes. <laughs> it's the perfect non-temperature. That's great. That podcast sounds so good, though. What are some other topics <laughs> they've covered? Uh, They've co- covered a ton. They've covered... A lot of the ones that I've listened to are about kind of 18th century Atlantic or Ooh. world topics. So they've covered the massacre on the Zong, mm. which is a massacre aboard a slave ship. They've covered, I think, sugar, but they also cover super specific things like particular philosophers. Mm-hmm. I think there were some recently on like Luddites or yeah. perhaps Mennonites. So they kind of niche religious movements. Are there, also. are there hosts or is it each episode is a different collection of scholars? There's a host, mm-hmm. um, and I forget his name, but he's a lovely British gentleman. And then they have three or four scholars, and they're usually extremely reputable, well-published scholars who converse. And they're, you know, usually maybe one or two from America, but mainly British scholars because it's BBC. Mm-hmm. But it's super fun, and there's like hundreds of them because they come up at least every week, and it's been going on for... I'd say at least like five years or so. In our time. Um, five or six years. Mm-hmm. It may have been a radio show before, but it's super, super fun. I recommend it. It sounds great. And yeah, that coffee episode. Yeah. I just yeah. added it to my, my <laughs> Apple podcast list. I Library. am very happy you've added it. And I think, oh, there was also one. I think, there, I mean, they also cover ancient history and stuff. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to that and Throughline, which is another podcast, a history podcast. It's more kind of contemporary focused and that i think is npr mm, that sounds good through line and that. they had a great one on like the collapse of civilizations in like the 12th century bce recently mm-hmm. which listeners to this podcast might be interested in <laughs> but they deal with kind of questions that are maybe of more contemporary relevance but traced back so they also talk about like the history of bananas and the history of puerto rico and Kind of things that are maybe more less esoteric, I'd say. Cool. That sounds great. Thanks mm-hmm. for that. I, yeah. I love the podcast racks. I just added them. Oh, yeah. Yay. Well, I think you'll enjoy them. Thanks, Haley. What have you been up to, Justine? I have just been watching Star Trek. That is all I have been doing. <laughs> all day, every day. When it's not Xena, it's school, work, and then Star yes. Trek. <laughs> oh, this sounds just like elementary school yeah. <laughs> and middle school. It is ideal. If you guys haven't watched The Next Generation recently, it is like ev- almost, you know, everything you want in a show. You got villagers, you've mm-hmm. got strong female protagonists. Check. We've got costumes. Yeah, we've got respect. We've got empathy. We've got like equity. We've got all. We've got the- California landscape and other places, other <laughs> places of the galaxy. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's all I want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a California boulder. I've been loving the screenshots you've been sending. I, just, I like to give Haley data updates just so we like mm-hmm. we know what's going on with the. You know. I want to know what's going on with data <laughs> and the crew. Oh my god, it's so good! But it's just amazing. So one of I've been watching like the show, kind of just totally out of order, just like whatever episode I feel like watching because that's. I feel like you kind of vibes. can do that with Star Trek. You can't. There, I mean, there's definitely like thorough. <laughs> 
plot lines, but it's it's just fun to like bounce around and not feel like I have to be invested in a storyline right now. I'm just yeah. gonna, I want to be self-directed. <laughs> I want <laughs> I want to direct my own Star Trek TNG voyage. But <laughs> speaking of directors, Jonathan Frakes, who plays Riker number 1 uh-huh. on TNG, he directed Star Trek Insurrection, which is like so it's the ninth in the the in the Star Trek film series. Yes. But okay. it's like such a Xena-esque one. That's what I sent you a lot of screenshots mm. from that one where it's like, oh yeah, Data gets like zapped by some kind of super electrical current thing and he turns evil in the beginning, but that's actually oh, no. not the plot. And there's all these Uh-oh. like super villagers who are like kind of evolved beyond our even mind Ooh, capabilities uh-oh. of technology, but they've decided to just forego <laughs> technology and just live a simple life, which is really hilarious. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and Data is like, does not compute. Well, it's like Data, surprisingly, like his interaction with them, it's not even like a plot point, really. It is in the beginning, mm. but then mm-hmm. later it turns out the like one of the preteens who would like, had been afraid yes. of Data in the beginning is actually Mike Newton from Twilight. If anyone's a Twilight what? fan out there, <laughs> just finish that movie, switch over to Twilight. So that was ridiculous. Watch him grow up. Haley and I love robots learning to be human. That is like it's a favorite, favorite pastime. Yeah. Following those <laughs> various <laughs> rabbit holes we find ourselves in. I know, and then Data like. We were talking about this uh, I don't know, earlier this week, but like he's not he was never frightening to me. Like often androids no. like in aliens, like in aliens, they're mm-hmm. so frightening because their like skin mm-hmm. is so human looking. Mm-hmm. Um, but but Data just doesn't have that like uncanny valley kind no, of thing. No, he's friendly. Yeah. I think because his skin is like that pale champagne gold. The same as Max <laughs> 404. <laughs> what was Max 404? Max 404 is the android in the movie Android. <laughs> oh my God, and if you haven't looked that. on the back of that VHS tape, you are in for a real treat. <laughs> <laughs> it is the most hilarious. Because wasn't he was VHS just, back. He was also learning to love, right? Isn't that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he was He's like a teen. teetering on the edge of maturity. <laughs> I think is how they put it. I've got to find it. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That's too good. Oh, my, like, <laughs> other tiered, like, top robots learning to love story is the yes. Kenneth Lee book, Silver Metal Lover. Oh, yeah. Which is, I remember you reading that. Uh, yeah, that was a recent read. And it is, Kenneth yes. Lee is, she gets it, man. She totally understands what she's doing. I mean, doing. even the title <laughs> lets you know where you're going with that yeah, book. Yeah, it's like a teen girl hates her mom. So she runs but. away to be, oh, she, and somehow she like falls in love with this robot android character whose sole purpose in life is to just like make her happy. So then they oh become like musicians living as like total bohemians <laughs> on the streets, just like playing their music and dancing. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> they live in this little like, like bohemian chateau apartment and it was just so funny i just laughed the entire time it sounds amazing it's perfect i wanted to read it then and i still want to read it now yeah i don't i might have gotten rid of it but Ugh, i should send you I, i'll find it if it's an audiobook it would be such a good audiobook yeah it sounds like kind of the perfect <sighs> audiobook just so jelly yeah what else um well i've been listening to viet or Villette oh yeah by charlotte bronte yeah. on audiobook and that's been 
lovely also. I keep falling asleep when I, I always listen to audiobooks when I fall asleep. I know. So. I, I started reading that years ago. It's a lovely book, but it is a little bit of a, it's not like Jane Eyre that, I love Jane Eyre. We love Jane Eyre. We love Jane Eyre. So, and it kind of pulls you along because it's a steady line. Yeah. And Via just kind of like more meandering as a story, but. And Jane Eyre also has some kind of like fantastical elements mm-hmm. too, where it feels like Viette is a, a lot more kind of pract- based in the practical world. It is. There's like this weird nun ghost who follows her around, oh, I which that. I completely forgot about. <laughs> <laughs> but she keeps appearing. <laughs> and like more kind of heavy themes of like young woman's choice and like whether her future will involve love or mm. like eternal celibacy. Yeah, it's heavy a little topics bit heavy. our Brontes are dealing it's, with. Yeah, they're like, will I ever love? It's <laughs> 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 <That's> pretty good. <laughs> la la la, love. Just she just needs to find a robot. <laughs> if she had a robot, I mean, all of her problems would be solved. Easy. Yeah. Well, speaking of things that are humanoid. <laughs> Shall we get into this episode? <laughs> Let's get into it. So we are in episode three of season yes. two, The Giant Killer, written yes. by Terrence Winter, directed by Gary Jones. Original air date, October 14th, 1996. Would you like Perfect. to hear the IMDb description? I do want to hear it. All right. <sighs> Retelling. Get ready. <laughs> Retelling of the David and Goliath story in which Goliath is a friend of Xena's who has fallen into evil ways from grief after losing his family. I feel this is a correct, accurate description of the episode. (laughs) We give that a 90% accuracy, I'd say. Like, I feel like this episode is, it's interesting. It's not, it's not my go-to rewatch a thousand times episode. It's fine. It's fine. It'll do the job. It'll do the job. So the big bad in this, I feel, is like Goliath unable to let go of his past. He's yes, kind of getting caught I up agree. in revenge. He ignores the people mm-hmm. who need him now. Yeah, I agree. And there's also Dagon, who's like oh, yeah. the Philistine warlord who's egging Goliath on. But he's not particularly me- memorable as like the ultimate because Goliath is the one who eventually duels yeah. with yeah, he's just an instigator of mm-hmm. everything. Exactly. So we meet the Judeo-Christian God for the first time in this episode. Kind oh, of. Except for that cult time before when but that it was, was Abraham, he... but not Abraham. Oh, yeah. Okay. So this is the second time mm-hmm. <laughs> we meet yeah. the Judeo-Christian God. <laughs> but the first time he was like, not, I guess he was. We just, that guy wasn't named Abraham. The first and this time is was, like, that was just a cult, explicitly. though. First yeah. time was just straight mm-hmm. up cult. This one is yeah. like clearly. It's the right. Israelites and the, the Philistines, right? Yeah. The yeah. names are all the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like a yeah. straight up story. All the Yeah. Names yeah, and places. Exactly. This is it. Mm-hmm. Do we meet any villagers in this episode? Um, We meet some Israelite villagers, mm-hmm. I feel. They're around. Yeah. I say plenty, plenty of, of villagers. Philistines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> plenty. <laughs> and this is a mild Dr. Xena episode, but it's only like battlefield nurse dr xena she's not doing any yeah. surgery so right if you were looking yeah. for that it's not here skip it 
uh, is it a cult watch episode? Not really. There's not um, a strong cult. Not a strong vibe, cult. Although vibe Gabby is clearly pulled in. She's very interested in whether there could be a cult vibe yeah. with David. Hulk, I feel like and sinker. She yeah. was very interested in this charismatic <laughs> leader of the Israelites. Like, maybe <laughs> you would want to start something with a few devoted followers. I'd be in. <laughs> Those are such the vibes. <laughs> There's no dungeons in this episode, but there is no. a jail scene, which but Zena's not right. in jail. As far as love interests, it's I, it's great. I think it's funny. Yeah. I like I like yeah. how they play out the love it interest is thing it's, here. It's, it was it's, it's a, not a Zena love interest, no. but there's a Gabby. Yeah, it's a mm-hmm. it feels like it's a punchline payoff for like what they've been yes. building for two seasons. Yes, <laughs> that's <laughs> true. <laughs> I know. So where are we? Where does this start off? Well, it starts off in a kind of blue-gray <laughs> twilight graveyard full of giant skeletons. And some of them are super huge. It is, like, so spooky. Yeah. yeah and it turns out that giants are, like, the one humanoid people ever heard of, I guess, who leave their bodies above ground to be eaten by animals really as a sign of honor i should we should that's what i should have looked this up are you i know i i look well i didn't look it up because i know for a fact that people don't usually do that um it's usually a sign of dishonor or a kind of like punishment to have your body left without any kind of treatment interesting i feel like it kind of tied in a little bit with, I guess, the research I'm going to talk about later, but mm. with it, it felt like like an elephant graveyard, you know, where mm-hmm. like like elephants all typically like go and all go to the same yes. place to pass away and like leave their bones. Yeah. And there is like such a strong tie to giants and mm-hmm. vertebrate skeletons in, yes. in that way. So it, yeah, it felt like a similar thing. Yeah. And like dinosaurs, people thought they were giants for yeah. a long time or something. Or Yeah. Yeah. But I'll talk about that later when I talk about giant research. So, cool. yeah, it's full of bones. It's super spooky. And they're here to meet a friend and celebrate life and death. Yes. And Zena's telling Gabby a story about her battle with Gareth, which was like 10 mm-hmm. years ago. Not to and be confused like, with Jareth, the Goblin King. <laughs> <laughs> or Gareth Keenan from The Office. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Gareth Keenan? From um, the British office. Oh, and I He's the kind of weaselly guy. Mm. It's pretty funny. Isn't he in Pirates of the Caribbean, too? Is that the yes. same actor? Okay. Mm-hmm. That guy. Cool. Apparently not the same Garrett. <laughs> not the same Garrett. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, Zena's meeting her friend here. They promised 10 years yes. ago. Zena and Gabby are looking around at all the dead bodies. Gabby is like, we need to get out of here. This is too, this is weird. And she hears someone approaching. Yeah. And who is it? It's a giant. It's a giant. Goliath. And this is not the first giant we've met. We've met Cyclops. We've met Titans. Goliath seems a little smaller than the Titans. And he's he's definitely, like, he's not a dumb yeah. fella. Like, Cyclops was not the sharpest knife in the drawer. Right. And the Titans. He's not Cyclops. Yeah. And he's not the Titans. He's not as huge as them Mm-mm. either. Just a regular Just a regular giant. old giant. And they're super besties. Yeah. They they miss each other. It's been a long time, a totally different lifetime. Goliath is like a super tall, like white guy. He's kind of a little doughy faced. He's mm-hmm. wearing a leather pleated kilt thing and a leather patchwork yeah. vest. 
I wondered where he got the leather for that because it's quite a lot of leather. No, I, I'm thinking about it now, and I like that they included the the detail that it was like a patchwork vest. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we would have had to patch together a bunch of things to make something that large. Yeah. Otherwise, you would have had to kill another giant. Ew, and make a skin, make a vest <laughs> out of their skin. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but we find, so Gabby's like, I don't like this. I'm going to go for a walk. Mm-hmm. So she walks away. Mm-hmm. And she's, she's giving them some time. She's giving them some time. And Goliath says mm-hmm. he's been making money helping a local army fight off a band of thieves. Mm-hmm. And is plan- hoping to save enough. Yeah, to get to head to the hills to seek revenge. Head to the hills. Yeah, he's gonna head to the hills, <laughs> and then he's gonna kill Gareth. Like that is his yeah. goal. He has no life until he kills Gareth. But Zena is worried that his soul mm-hmm. is being poisoned by hatred. I know, and it clearly is. Yeah. So Gabby is just wandering around the woods, talking it's to wondering. herself in the dark. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Why didn't Zena tell me her friend was a giant?" And like, "Yo, maybe it didn't come up." Gabby. Yeah. <laughs> Zena doesn't have to tell you everything, yeah. okay? Friends are just friends. Mm-hmm. So then Gabby runs into some soldier guys. And they of have course. all of their villager prisoners. Mm-hmm. And then he- The little guy runs up and <laughs> tries to save her. Yeah, he's like, leave her alone. And it's like, oh, that's it. There's the love interest yeah. right there. <laughs> Got him. Found him. He's immediately knocked out. Yeah. And then Gabby's like- about to defend herself and Xena mm-hmm. shows up and then she does yeah. all these jump kicks it's super cool lots mm-hmm. Gabby gets knocked over and then when Xena subdues everyone Gabby runs up to help the young earnest youth yes and then Goliath shows up and it turns out he's working for these soldiers yeah and oh my god Dagon is the leader and then he says he is. this is my friend Xena <laughs> we find out that the kid who is trying to save Gabby is named David yeah because someone goes David. <laughs> and David's like, I knew it was Zena. <laughs> and he hates her. He hates Zena so much. Yeah. And Dagon is like, I thought you were a thief. Now you're a guest. Any friend of Goliath is a friend of the Philistines. So we learned we've got David. They're Philistines. We've got Goliath. Goliath. We've got the Philistines. Okay. Zena's not we happy. We got Dagon, which I didn't have time to look up, but I think is an ancient Philistine god. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm. Save that for Interesting. Mm-hmm. So Zena's not he happy. Cool. He yeah, he was good. He did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Zena's not happy about this. She is going to have to navigate her friendships. These yes. villagers, and you can just see the little cogs in her head spinning about how she's going to have to deal with all this right now. Right, it's going to be a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, she's like, "What? You're on these guys' sides, and now there's <laughs> villagers on the other side. And villagers are usually good. Just got to take care of all that villager, mm-hmm. villager nonsense. Mm-hmm. Then we get to the credits. So. What's all? What's the deal with David and oh, Goliath, man? Thanks you for asking. Tell me? I decided we should get all of our biblical history and stories from Zena. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and so <laughs> works for me. I don't really know it. This is like yeah. the only time I ever hear about David and Goliath, so it's great. Yeah, I think I remember reading the story in freshman year of Catholic high school, mm-hmm. and there was probably a quiz, but I don't remember much else about it. I I feel like it was in some cartoon or something i must mm-hmm. have watched at some point 
because I know... Well, Wikipedia says there's a Wishbone episode. That's about. probably it. That is what I watched. A big <laughs> so Wishbone. I'm a, I'm a wish head. <laughs> I knew that about you. I love Wishbone. It's such a you crush and on wishbone. him. He was so great. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I didn't really watch that much, but there was a big Wishhead clan <laughs> wish at my had. school. He had like Michael J. Fox energy, so he was very okay. adorable. Yeah. I I remember the affection <laughs> from that club. <laughs> others, yes, <laughs> held for wishbone. Oh. Um, but David and Goliath. I mean, we probably know the general outlines. It's just little guy throws a rock and <coughs> kills the big guy, and it's okay. like underdog beats the big guy mm-hmm. story, and okay, that's pretty so much what it is. Wishbone too. Be- beats the big human. Got it. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you were to put this in wishbone terms. Little dog beats whatever big rival he has <laughs> in that episode. I should have looked it up. Should have watched it. You definitely should have. But yeah, it's from the book of Samuel. Okay. One Samuel 17. And basically the Philistines and the Israelites are at war or pending war, basically. And Goliath, the giant man, mm. who was either six foot nine or nine foot nine, which oh. isn't quite as giant as I had always imagined him. Yeah, I thought he was like this size, like a couple stories. Yeah, no, he's just mm. a big guy. Huh. <laughs> but he was intimidating, apparently. Well, yeah. And he walked up to the Israelites every day for 40 days and challenged them to have one champion fight him. And if whoever won, their side would win the war, basically. And so they describe like his armor. He had a bronze helmet Mm -hmm. and he wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. (laughs) And um, I ask a question. Yeah. So what is his relationship to the Philistines? Was he? He is a Philistine. And Mm -hmm. he he was a human, just a big guy. He wasn't like of a race of giants. Okay. No. Yes. He is just their champion who's big. Okay. And he's described as being like giant. And people probably were shorter then yeah. because of nutritional stuff. I mean, I think. six nine is huge. It's huge. I mean, the times that I've seen people who are like seven feet tall, yeah. I'm like, that person is really tall. They're so tall. Yeah. And if you, yeah, it's if you're amazing. Like a twelve year old kid or whatever David yeah. was, that's very very tall. Yeah. You're like, wah. Yeah, and he's like, he's got a lot of armor, and he's a professional. Okay. Soldier and some big weapons also. And also, so like, who were the Philistines? They were another people who lived in that area. Okay. In like the mm, Fertile Crescent area. Okay. I so they're, say, but I'm not exactly sure what the. Everyone, they're all is. just like native people to that area. Yes. They're not yeah, like invaders. Exactly. Okay. No, they're just people who live there, like neighboring political entities, I think. Got it. And Saul, the king, was also pretty big. He was like over six feet tall. And he was the guy who was supposed to go to battle. He like would have been the natural leader in that situation and be like, yeah, I'll take you on. The Saul of the Israelites? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes, exactly. And he was like dilly-dallying about it. And David comes up and everyone's like, what are you doing here? Because he's just a little kid. Well, he's not a little kid, but he's like, you know, maybe a teen or a young guy. Mm -hmm. A youth. Mm-hmm. We'll call him a youth and uh, just a just a youth. <laughs> and he's a son of a servant of the king, Jesse, the Bethlehemite. Oh, he's not the king's son, but he's a shepherd and a musician. And he'd 
already gained the king's favor by playing special sweet, sweet songs that cured the king of evil, tormenting spirits. Ooh! Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. I'm cured. I was like, all right. He Come sounds, on in, David. Oh, my God. What a crush. He sounds great. I know. He does. I know. He's described as like a beautiful youth. <laughs> and uh, and he's like, you know what? I'll defeat that giant. Mm. And then Saul's like, no. And he's like, no, well, somebody's got to. And then Saul's like, well, take my armor. You can wear it. And but isn't he's his like, armor huge? Uh, his armor is huge. And David's like, I can't wear this. I can't even walk around in it. And so he decides not to. And he just brings his slingshot and some stones and a staff. And he goes to confront Goliath. And then Goliath is like, you silly boy, you'll never <laughs> defeat me. Oh, 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 I little will orc. feed you. The birds will peck your bones. <laughs> and then David's like, the birds will peck your bones. Oh, shit. And then they're, yeah, they're like, <laughs> my God will defeat yours. And they both kind of exchange insults like that. Mm. And then basically, David throws the stone and hits Goliath right in the forehead. Goliath falls down and then David runs over and cuts off his head. Oh, God. I know. It's like, why do people do that? But he does. He cuts it off and later he brings it to Jerusalem when he becomes king. Uh, decades later. That is more gruesome than I thought. Yeah. That's very bloody. He also takes his armor off at that time. And, oh, God. And takes the armor as a trophy. Hmm. It's a bloody story, like many biblical stories. And after that, everyone's like, yay, David, David did it. Too bad. And the Philistines flee and David becomes best friends with Jonathan, who is Saul's son, just like in Xena, and a favorite of Saul, but then Saul gets jealous and thinks David's maybe going to try to take the throne. Understandable. Kill David. Oh my God. David runs away. Later, Jonathan and Saul are killed (gasps) in another battle with the Philistines, and David becomes the king. And then he brings the Ark of the Covenant. Flashback to previous Xena episodes, brings the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. Um, conquers Jerusalem and establishes the capital there. And he's also Solomon's dad. Who knew? Oh my God. I forgot that we've also met the Ark of the Covenant on the show, yes. too. We've done, we've done a yes, lot. So that's we've met this god a, a lot. Times. <laughs> <laughs> this crown just keeps coming back. Zena's like, what? One god every time. Yeah. <laughs> Not so much this time, but no, she, she is too. Mean, she's just so, she's interested in everyone's religion. She's never down on she anyone. Is. She just hates. No. Not hates, but she's. She doesn't like the cultish. Yeah. She's down on cult. She's down on anyone telling anyone else what to believe. She's mm-hmm. down on gods coming in and punishing people for just living their lives. That's what yeah. Zena is about. Right. She's, she doesn't like that kind of thing. Mm-mm. So yeah, so that's like the David and Goliath story. That was great. And what I think's interesting about, the, especially these like, but yeah, like biblical stories in general and their inclusion in Xena is it kind of actually does reflect how intertwined these Mediterranean cultures were oh, totally. at the time. Yeah. And there's a lot of speculation that David and Goliath is like a hypertext. Mm-hmm which is based on a hypotext from other regions. So what that meant is that like a hypotext is kind of like the structure or like basic outlines of a story Mm. that might become a hypertext, which is like an original take on it or something or kind of like an intertextual interpretation of that story. Hmm. And so for, it seems like a while, um, scholars have speculated that David and Goliath is based on kind of Stories from the Iliad, 
Mm. These kind of individual battles between two heroes. And more recently, Azan Yadin has speculated that, or argues, that there are important divergences between Homeric and biblical stories here, in that David is kind of a Homeric anti-hero. He's not like super strong. He's not like described with the same kind of emphasis on his warrior aesthetic, his warrior skills. Yeah. He's small and agile. There's no attention to his armor, whereas Goliath is described as like super strong and having a lot of armor Mm -hmm. and it's kind of itemized very carefully in the text, which is not something you see that often in the Bible. Hmm. And so he speculates that maybe this was kind of a way for Israelites who were at that time seeing the Philistines as like culturally Greek. Mm. They were like interpreting or like rewriting this David and Goliath story on those models so that David would be like the Israelite hero as distinct from the Greek hero defeating the Greek hero. Mm -hmm. But I found it even more compelling or perhaps, you know, potentially more compelling article by Serge Froloff and Alan Wright called Homeric and Ancient Near Eastern Intertextuality in oh. 1 Samuel 17. Wow. That's... From the Journal of Biblical Literature. This is a great article. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Catchy title. <laughs> and they argue that it's actually fairly unlikely that Israelites may have had that intimate of a knowledge of Homeric texts mm. in like the 6th century BCE because... Yeah. There were fewer Greeks in the region, and it was unlikely that there would be a lot of, like, language learning of Greek among Israelites. Mm -hmm. Now, it's hard for me to assess that because I think they might be underestimating how potent oral literature can be. And you don't need to have, like, a text in order for people to know a story. But they make a pretty compelling argument that... This is all (laughs) tying in with my my giant research, so I'm I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah, they make a pretty compelling argument that it might actually be a kind of joining of the Epic of Gilgamesh, Mm. particularly the story of Humbaba or Huwawa, and the Egyptian story of Sinuhe. And they kind of bring together some of the similarities between those two different texts. But they argue also that unlike the Greek population, there were many Assyrians in the region. It was like a dominant culture in the region during the time that the story would have been composed. And many Israelites would have been familiar with the Epic of Gilgamesh, Mm. even if fewer of them could have read it. Anyone who did learn to read Akkadian would have probably learned it by copying the Epic of Gilgamesh. So it was pretty like widespread knowledge of it. And then there was significant political and military contact between Israel and Egypt, their kind of political neighbor. And there's broader similarities between those three texts in general. So like the story of the flood, the story of the Garden of Eden incorporates elements from several different stories within those traditions. And the story of Senuhe has one hero, like the local hero, fighting the mighty man of Retenu, (laughs) who has like similar descriptions of his armor and weapons. It's also similarly detailed. And in the story of Humbaba, Humbaba is the terror of the people an enemy of Gilgamesh, Mm. and he, I like the description of him, his shout is the flood weapon, his utterance is fire, Mm. and his breath is death. Mm. And he's also of human form, so he's not just a monster, but he's like a big guy. Humanoid, yeah. Scary, yeah, elements. 
So in both cases, the like enemy is portrayed as unassailable and the guy who faces him is like a young, youthful little guy yeah. who wins. So there are these kind of similarities across stories that are kind of potent in this case, it seems like. So I do like the fact that I think we crave sometimes like from Xena, we want the ancient Greek world specifically. Mm-hmm. But I like the point that they bring in this broader kind of cultural realm mm-hmm. that was dynamically engaged across the seas, across like various landed populations and stories were being told. I mean, you just imagine the kinds of creativity that could happen when somebody's like a trader is telling yeah. stories at a well or something like that. Yeah. And, and especially as up. like with our character Xena and Gabrielle, who's, you know, Gabrielle's a bard and you mm-hmm. know, they're, they're traveling yeah. all around the world. So of course they would be right. gathering all these stories. So it's really beautiful yeah. that they're um, in the show. They're, retelling and showcasing all of this and really showing yes. how everything was traded yeah i think yeah as a kid i was just like i want more greek gods give me more like yeah. aphrodite or whatever but now it's it's so eye-opening and it's just so beautiful to see just how in-depth the the show really is and yeah how, how beautiful I know. they do this i love it yeah we're so lucky we're so lucky <laughs> <laughs> <You're not. laughs> Uh, thanks Haley. that was great oh my pleasure so that's the background of of what we're seeing in this episode here that was delightful yeah so we come back from the theme we're back with the philistines mm-hmm. and they have a scary x flag Wait, um, oh, also really quick so philistine is also kind of synonymous with like non-believer right isn't that the that sounds right yeah yes. i know people are always like you're you philistine Philistine. Yes. I know it's an insult and I'm yeah. not 100% sure, but I believe you. Okay. That it's, yeah, like a non believer. It's like okay. a non member. I think so. I should have looked it up. Yeah. Me too. I, like, I asked multiple people, <laughs> but didn't actually look it up. Bad yeah, researching. <laughs> <laughs> my friend says. Yeah, I know. I was like, my dad said it was his. But yeah. So they're back in the camp. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. Dagon's questioning. David accuses him of harboring a weapon. It's just a sling. <laughs> Haley and I just raised eyebrows at each other. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, Dagon's just accusing them of thieving. Yeah. We find out that David's brother is Jonathan, the eldest son Mm -hmm. of King Saul, which we just learned from Haley is not, you know, not precisely true. But but, uh, but it's okay okay to kind of consolidate Mm -hmm. all this information to create some emotional relationships. We don't have to have them explain that David became friends with Jonathan after singing songs to Saul. <laughs> I wish that they had, though. I wish there was another 40-minute pre-episode that involved <laughs> David singing songs to Saul singing and the, the exorcism that resulted. Yeah. Yeah. Is it Philistine or Philistine? I am going to go with both. I say Philistine because my name's Justine, and it's spelled yeah. the same way, so I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to switch between them. You switch just, just for jump fun. around. It's like apricot Play and apricot. It. It's like jazz, man. Whatever Just the feel it out. <laughs> mood calls me to say. Yeah. <laughs> apricot and apricot. Okay. So the Philistines and Saul's people, the Israelites, are fighting over land. And yes. then Dagon's just locking up all the villagers, saying they're thieves, mm-hmm. just totally gaslighting everybody. Yeah. And he's like, oh, this, you guys weren't using this before we came. And now it's productive. And now you want, he's like very colonialist. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. Imperial style. 
Agreed. Philosophy. And Zena's like, get these people some medical attention. Mm-hmm. And then I said, oh, there was this great moment where Dagon is just like, so they've just entered the camp and Zena's standing there, like just kind of looking at stuff. And then Dagon is like standing a foot behind her. And mm-hmm. then he like gives her this like checking out once over super like lecherous male gaze Ew. look. And then as he's ogling, like Lucy Lawless is just so amazing at like standing in that male gaze mm-hmm. and just like letting it just totally fall off her. Like it never affects mm-hmm. her. And she can just like watch her being like, oh, I can use this. Like mm-hmm. I, I can use this now. It was just yeah, she's so right. amazing at that. Yeah, it's true. She has excellent boundaries. She has such great boundaries. I'm like, mm-hmm. how do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> We've got to watch more to find out. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm like, the poise, the power, yeah. what a role model. So then he yeah. invites her to dinner, and Zena's like, mm, okay. if they're thieves, what have they stolen? And Gabby says, like, they all look really hungry. And then mm-hmm. Dagon says, well, they should manage their resources better. Ugh, boring. Such, so gross. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, yeah, yeah he says he's, he's, the worst. he's planning to bring, to quote unquote, bring civilization to the Israelites. Yeah. Totally like, gross, imperialist, colonization, nonsense. Mm-hmm. We hate it. He's like, I know this set, and it is the warlord set. This is not (laughs) the productive civilization set. (laughs) I'm seeing a lot of tents and a lot of black leather. I know what's going on. (laughs) That's exactly. Exactly. We can pick up from the context cues what your agenda is, sir. (laughs) Exactly. So they're all sitting at dinner, and whenever he's like looks away for a second, Gabby's stealing bread and like putting it in her little leather bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Zena- there's like some iron minimalist sculptures. Oh, yeah. There's some curtains. Oh yeah, and he has this giant spread of yeah. delicious food while More all these people are starving. Than anyone can eat in a, yeah. in a meal. Zena's asking if he's going to enslave them. He's like, I'm not forcing anyone to do anything. Right. He's like, they don't listen to reason. They only believe in one God. They're lesser and uncivilized. He's just like, (laughs) keeps going on this. Thank you. I feel good about it. (laughs) You'd be a great day on. I would love to. I love villains. (laughs) Oh, I know. (laughs) Dagon wants Zena to work for him. And then I said, lol, lol, these lesser warlords. (laughs) Never get They're they're always just trying to get Zena to work for them. It's just so funny. Like, I don't do that. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that's not. And then she says, I reserve my help for those who need it. Xena and Gabby leave. Xena needs to talk mm-hmm. to Goliath. So then we go to the dungeon jail. Yes. And the Israelites. And, yeah. Israelites are digging. <laughs> They're just trying to dig their way out. <laughs> A hole. Luckily, the jail is made out of dirt. <laughs> um, but <laughs> they only have it's a like flag a to cover it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Gabby goes to visit and she so clearly loves David. Like this I is- know. Immediately. She's like, I brought you some fruit. <laughs> He's thank super you. suspicious. She came to thank him for saving her. Mm-hmm. He says, and if I'd known you were with Xena, I wouldn't have bothered. Yeah. And David And ha- then he reveals that he writes religious poems <laughs> and Gabby is like, What? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Tell me some. <laughs> I know. She's so, he's so plucky and starry-eyed. Yeah. And she just can't enough. He is extremely charming, I he will was, say. I wasn't he, expecting David to be so charming. I was suspiciously charmed. He mm-hmm. was not. He got me off guard. What can I say? Oh, my God. Who was the boy that, oh, my God. Who was the boy who died in the, like, Death in Chains one? I can't oh. remember his name. Oh my, I can't remember. Was it? Uh, not, oh, my God. Uh, it was. Um, oh, Yeah. I forget him too. Uh, what is his ships. name is? 
But it was a um, ships. Talus? Talus! Oh, yeah, that was his name, huh? Yeah. Talus! I love Talus! I was like, he wasn't Talus. Oh, yeah, he was. Talus said. Yeah, from that research, that's what I'm but There's I, a lot of Talus tie-ins here, I, I feel thought, like. I thought Talus, he was my favorite of the plucky young love mm-hmm. interest. He's yeah. so charming and sweet. Yeah. I did not feel that same way about David. But I really liked David's, like, he just kind of inhabited himself, too. He did. Like, yeah. he was kind of, like, not put off by Gabby's immediate attachment, mm. but, like, also... He was, like, just wanted to be friends with her and kept his boundaries, but also is, like... Nice. I did like that, but I also felt like he was very detached from her. Yes. Like, it, it's clear yeah. what she's doing. It's clear mm-hmm. how she feels. And he wasn't very clear that he was betrothed. In like, a wh- relationship. Well, when they... Like, I know. When they come in and it's like, betrothed girl runs up and is like, oh my yeah. god, I'm so glad you're back. Like, right in front of Gabby. He, like, mm-hmm. didn't introduce her at that point to be it's like, true. this is my yeah. betrothed. And that I was... Know. So it was just like kind of weird vibes. Yeah. And I felt like he's just very singular minded in his yeah. leadership. But I didn't goals, get the sense fine. that he was like purposefully misleading her mm. either. Like just that no, he was kind of like expecting him to be just as off putting as so many of those yes. similar characters. Yeah. And he wasn't. And I was like, oh, yeah. so I, I see this poet warrior. My use of suspicious wasn't that he had like nefarious intentions. It was mm-hmm. more. What do that- you mean by that? <laughs> what do you mean by sus? <laughs> I mean that he it just didn't feel like he had as open a heart to Gabby as she had to him. Mm. So I wanted Gabby to mm-hmm. keep her heart a little more safe. That's what I was suspicious of. Yes. Okay. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> keep your heart safe, Gabby. Where are we? <laughs> I'm less protective of Gabby's heart, obviously. <laughs> I'm like, he's just doing his thing. <laughs> I was I was feeling protective of her because I guess it's just like, okay, so I've been listening to a lot of like Death Cab for Cutie and 2006 okay, vibes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he I'm was getting that. giving me some of those early aughts boy yes. with a guitar at the party kind of vibes. Mm-hmm. Who's mm-hmm. like trying, yeah. you know, he's just. He's living but, his life. He's doing his stuff. without trying. Yeah. He's what? one of the go- boys at the party with the guitar who's not trying, which he, a lot of heartbreak around that guy, but, <laughs> <laughs> but is it his fault? I'm blushing, obviously. <laughs> 14 years later. <laughs> I swear I'm not thinking of anyone in particular, but I obviously have... I mean, feelings all, for who it. has not had feelings for that guy at the party with the guitar who yeah. is trying who's just doing and has like a super nice girlfriend oh my god yes of course he has a yeah. super nice girlfriend and you're just like oh and my you're god like, okay i guess yes. you're just a nice guy who plays a guitar <laughs> so i do agree <laughs> with that but i, I want to spend the next 45 minutes <laughs> figuring this out <laughs> okay so i guess it's, my feelings are less about him and more Gabby's projections onto him. He doesn't feel like mm-hmm. a safe place for her to put these emotions. No, That's not at all. All I'm saying. But what cult leader is, you know? <laughs> and he's not even there yet. He's not even there yet. <laughs> oh my god! And then they were flirting. They were totally flirting. Totally flirting. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, he says, I write psalms. You wouldn't understand. It's a religious yeah. poem. And she's oh like, I know what a psalm is. It's like obviously she she like won like, the freaking. I am cool. 
I mean, she was like a queen of the Athenian um, poets. Yeah. Bard club. I know. We've all been there, Gabby. <laughs> we have all been there. Man's We're like, songs I know you think I don't know about this, but actually I'm the best at it. <laughs> and we should be friends because of that. Oh, God. Yeah. <sighs> that this, angst. That's what I It's really, it's hitting us hard this spring. I know. I'm having, Every I'm having spring. some 2006 angst this, mm-hmm, this season. Hope everyone's yeah. feeling okay out there. I, <laughs> we gotta have coffee. Like, I don't recommend listening to Death Cab for Cutie, but if you... No. I was never into do. them, but for some reason right now I am. If you need a flashback, <laughs> if you need to be in sophomore year of yeah, college if you, if again. You, yeah, if you want to feel like your roommate is listening to some music in the same yes, room as you that you're trying to exactly. tune out, If you want to really, <laughs> really, really remember what your roommate was like, <laughs> put on some Death Cab for Cutie. You others. And just set up a playlist. Apple will figure it out, what else they were listening to. They'll know. Just let Apple be your roommate. Okay. Yeah. So where are we? Back to the Hugging us back. (laughs) I'm sorry, guys. Time travel. Okay, so they're flirting. A guard tumbles up, shoves Gabby out of the way. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, ugh. You're all idiots and like pulls oh, away yeah. the flag and he finds the hole. They did a not well, a great pretty job. Pretty obvious. And yeah. he's going to punish them with death. I know. I wondered what the punishment wor- was for stealing. Like how long were they going to be in there? Or were they going to chop their hands off? They're like they going to chop their hands off. I, I think. think so. Feels like I don't it. Know. I mean they had that stump ready and the executioner <laughs> <They> did. <laughs> Just in case some villagers wander in and poach some animals. <laughs> Okay, so then we go to Xena by the lake with Goliath. Okay, yeah. And she's like, they're not paying you enough to do this. And Mm -hmm. this, the giant and human size split Mm -hmm. screen effect on the show is... It's It's all done with perspective. It wows me every time. It does, yeah. They didn't, I looked it up and they didn't use special effects. It's just all perspective. This is... Isn't that amazing? amazing. That's Mm -hmm. what, in our student films in fifth grade... We just definitely... put a doll up close to the <laughs> screen, up close to the camera. It looks like <laughs> that Barbie's your size. <laughs> you learned it all from Xena right here. <laughs> Don't have enough actors for your movie? Stick a Barbie in there. Yeah, just get a Spice Girls doll. Bring it out. Where's Ken? Marshall <laughs> do. <laughs> okay, so Goliath is living with the nightmare of losing his family. Yes, he is. And he has one goal. Totally single-minded, mm-hmm. lost his soul yeah. to this. Xena's mm-hmm. like, you're wrong. You're blind with hatred. Yeah, you're sacrificing all these other people for your own revenge. Yeah, and then he's like, I've helped you enough for one lifetime. And that really hits her hard. Mm-hmm. Where she's like, I, know. Oh, I can't really ask you anything else. Yeah, he, but she says, I owe you my life, not the lives of others. I love that. Mm-hmm, me too. Oh, she's so great. I she loved never, it yeah, too. I love when she's I not like, like, caught up in shame. How did you think shame. of the perfect thing to say, Xena? I know, she's amazing. Mm-hmm. Haley, are you rubbing your hand on the side of your? <laughs> I am. I'm nervously rubbing because I needed to do. Zena and Argo trek off after she lays that that bomb of a line. So we go back to the the warrior tent setup encampment. All of the warlords have kind of set up their little scene. We're all focused around this stump in the center Mm -hmm. of camp and they're going to execute david there's an executioner right that's where we are yeah in the center of the encampment there is a it's a stump Uh it has fur all around it for (laughs) your kneeling pleasure oh yeah Yeah. (laughs) oh dear 
so Gabby's trying to explain to Dagon not to kill David. Mm-hmm. She's chatty fooding it up. Mm-hmm. She says, yeah. but he didn't escape because you're so smart. Haven't they learned their lesson? Right. And then they bring David up to the chopping block and his brother, Jonathan, is super upset. Gabby runs up and puts her head on top of David's because she loves him so much. Mm Mm-hmm. She's ready to die for him. And this is a moment where I'm like, are we a little sus about this devotion? (laughs) Maybe, like, but she's ready to die for a lot of people. This is true. You're right, you're right, you're right. I I was a little, like, wondering if maybe... Like a harder spot to chop would have been better to put across his neck, but in the moment, you've got to make a decision. You've got to jump just right on there. She just to dance cheek to just cheek, line man. It up. I She's know. like, let's Tony Bennett this. <laughs> I'll be like, Lady hey. Gaga. Yeah. <laughs> And she's like, you'll have to kill both of us. And then Dagon is like, sure. Great, kill them both. And then one (laughs) random voiceover guy says, two heads are better than one. (laughs) I love that because you know they added that in after. (laughs) Yes, I love it. And like, what could could someone say that? And right as we zoom in, as the axe is about to fall, commercial Mm -hmm. break. (laughs) Commercial break. Then we come back. And ching, 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 ching. Oh my gosh. The chakram comes on in, knocks the axe out of the executioner's hand, cuts mm-hmm. the ropes holding Gabby and David together, then yes. knocks over other people, and then returns to Xena, who's yeah. sitting on Argo. Yeah. And Xena. I think it even hits Dagon in the head. That's amazing. Winks him. Mm-hmm. And Xena is pissed. She's like, I leave for five minutes, and yeah. what's happening? What, what happened here? Gabby grabs the axe and swings it with wild abandon, I think mm-hmm. maybe closing her eyes, and then cuts David's <laughs> <laughs> like her wrist ropes with it. <laughs> I was like, there's got to be a better way. But <laughs> so dangerous. Maybe not. I've never tried it. Never tried it. Mm-hmm. Zena kicks a bunch of dudes. Gabby doesn't mm-hmm. know how to fight with the blade, which is kind of funny but to watch her. But she does kind of use it like a... A, sh- a staff sometimes i think that was a nice character moment of mm-hmm. her trying to use it like a staff but it's clearly weighted so yes. differently than what she's used to yes. mm-hmm. the israelites start fighting yeah gabby gabby does like this excellent move where she flips the executioner's scary like leatherman mask around that was great so you can't see that was a yeah, perfect move she's still not shedding any blood Mm-hmm. Dagon's super pissed. Xena and crew are winning. And so then Dagon summons Goliath with the horn. <laughs> Xena jumps over to this wagon wheel. And oh, then this is my favorite. I just kind of, I had probably thought about it before, but it like really struck me that the word cartwheel means a cart's wheel. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that. <laughs> Uh, taking notes, I, I was like, try. I should make a note of this. <laughs> cart wheel. Cart wheel. Wheel cart. <laughs> oh, my God. Your body becomes the wheel. <laughs> I am the cart. I am the wheel. Spin. That's <laughs> our own cult. That's our next cult. <laughs> We're the cult of the wheel. Spin. Ribbon. Spin all day. All day in the... Um, <laughs> In one of an excellent Star Trek movie I was telling Haley earlier, but there's this part where they have to go into the Nexus, which is where all your wildest yes. dreams come true forever. 
the Nexus is this energy ribbon that spins around. Mm. And there's a part where the bad guy is standing on a cliff with his arms up, just like welcoming the ribbon. <laughs> so we uh, play with my cat all the time with his ribbon toy. And we would be like, ribbon! Ribbon! ribbon. Catch the ribbon! Heart <laughs> back into the, the ribbon. ribbon. Yeah. <laughs> it's our cult. We must create the wheel for the ribbon. <laughs> the ribbon is only for second level cult members. Oh, yeah. You have, to, you have to clear yourself. And mm-hmm. yes, admit all your wheeling. Yeah, admit your your guilts, your crimes. Mm-hmm. Clear yourself. the residues. <laughs> the residues of shame <laughs> <laughs> to elevate to the ribbon. <laughs> Great cult. Ah, the uh, imagery is coming to me right now. It's going to be so good. We should make a like a yeah a WordPress blog about yeah, it. Right, Ribbon. wheeling up into the sky. Yeah. <laughs> Thousands ribbon. of people turning into wheels. <laughs> the ribbon. Um, okay, so the whole point of this is that she grabs a wagon wheel, and then she's like, people stab into it, and then she spins it around, so it knocks mm-hmm. all the, the yes. swords out of like 10 guys' hands. It's so cool. It's, it's such a good move. Mm-hmm. And then she whistles for Argo. And then Goliath shows up and he's kind of peering through the trees. Oh my gosh, it's so great. Dagon's like, where is that damn giant? And Goliath is like raising an eyebrow. It's <laughs> like, should I help? <laughs> and, then Argo, and then he lets the trees fall back and he kind of fades. <laughs> fades back into them. it like that Homer Simpson gif. <laughs> then Argo starts kicking Philistines around. Oh my gosh. She's doing such a I great job. That. Argo, oh my god, good job. Argo was a fighting force in this one. Hmm. So the Israelites take a few horses, David and Dragon fight, and then he knocks Dagon down, and Israelites escape on horseback. Phew! And then Dagon is very angry that Goliath didn't come to fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They return. They return. The Israelites return. Mm-hmm. They go back to their to castle, like, which I think yeah. is also the Troy castle set, but just dressed up I with think some it dragons. I too. And later it might be Ares' fortress, mm-hmm. too? Possibly. The interior. We just, yeah, we just need this one set. That's all you need. Yes. It's all you need. But it was the, the set design was interesting because there's all these like dragons that seemed kind of more like Eastern culture yes. dragons. Mm-hmm. It was it was interesting. It was interesting. And like a lot of domes. A lot of domes. Mm-hmm. It feels kind of run down a little bit. Like they've definitely been yes. through some some trials. Mm-hmm. And Xena's taking it all in as they walk through. Yeah. She's like soaking in exactly what the you know life quality is like here. Mm-hmm. And then a young babe runs up. And hugs David. I know. She's all over him. And Gabby doesn't even notice. <laughs> She's not looking. She's like, not that looking. must be his sister. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan thanks them on behalf of the people of Abraham. And David apologizes for doubting Xena. And she's like, "That's mm-hmm. I don't care. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. It's totally fine. King comes out and he's all, what's all this noise? It's like, weren't you worried about your sons? I know. I'm like, I don't understand him at all. No. His character is mystery to me. <laughs> But he invites them in. But he's he's sick, we find out, and he should be resting. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. So maybe, right. he's, maybe he still has those night terrors. He's possessed. He's like, David, can you help out? <laughs> I need you to come over for a little bit. Yeah, I need you to <laughs> sing me some of your psalms. So, Zina. Uh, okay, great. So then we kind of check back in at the Philistine camp. Dagon is really angry at everybody. Mm-hmm. Goliath shows up, and he and Dagon is extra pissed off at him. Yeah. He's like, she was your friend. Are you backing out of this deal? Mm-hmm. And Goliath says that maybe his friendship with Xena is more important and it's not about yeah. the money. He's like even reconsidering. But then Dagon 
drops mm-hmm. the truth bomb that he has here that he knows where Gareth is. Oh my god! And if he finishes the job, he's gonna tell Dagon where he or tell Goliath where he is. Yeah, and then Goliath will break any friendship or oath for revenge. Right. His anger is so strong. Yeah, it just feels like he could have like wandered. He's so big. He could I just know. wander around and, and like, find this guy. Turns out Gareth is another giant. So like, how hard oh, is it? Oh, is he? Mm-hmm. Where did we? F- where did you find that out? Is that in later this episode? Oh, later episode. Okay, mm-hmm. I think what, so. Have you been watching? No, but I've been reading. <laughs> okay, I've been reading. Whoosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's also the season's great. <gasps> yeah. Okay, so then we're back at the Israelites' castle. Yes, it's a medieval castle now. And Zena's like picking up jars, mm-hmm. she's sniffing them, she's picking up skulls, looking at them. Yes. And Jonathan runs in with some maps. He says the army is on the move. We got to be prepared. Goliath is with the army and he's already destroyed two outposts. Ah. And then Zena's like, we should propose a winner take all contest mm-hmm. between me and Goliath. Yeah. And then she tells them about the giant's weakness, which is above the bridge of the nose. And Who she knew? takes out the skull and shows them how to kill him. Mm-hmm. And Jonathan sends a messenger with the challenge. And David's like, but he's your friend. And Zena says, I he's know. fighting on the wrong side. Yeah. He knows me and I'll do what I have to do. Yeah, he's made his choice. He's made his choice. But since we just learned about the giant anatomy, would we like to hear more about giants? Oh, I do want to hear more Let's about giants. get there. Let me open my docs. Open what my docs. docs do, do, do you do, have? Do, giant notes. <clears throat> Um, so the term giant <laughs> probably derives from pre-Greek mythology. And then mm. in many, so it's like, it's Greek related, related, like gigantes or whatever. Giante. Giante. So in many cultures of the ancient Mediterranean, giants are connected to the origin of the cosmos and represent oh. this like primordial chaos, mm-hmm. uh, which kind of contrasts with the rationality of gods, of like the later gods. So many cultures have myths of a race of giants living on the earth before humans did, okay. who were destroyed in a great flood or in a oh, war with gods. Interesting. So Hesiod's Theogony is probably the oldest recorded stories about them. Okay. Which was in the 8th century BCE. So according mm-hmm. to Hesiod, the giants were the sons of the earth, uh, Gia, okay. and fertilized mm-hmm. by the blood of the castrated Uranus, which is the heaven. Uranus. Some of the most famous giants from that union were Agrius Enceladus and Porfiri. Hmm. And these giants fought with the Olympian gods, and that war was called the Gigantomachy, which is different oh. from the Titanomachy, which was the war with the Titans. I know. Interesting. And their smol- the giants' smoldering bodies were trapped in the mountains, which caused volcanoes. Oh, yeah. Ooh. So, yeah, again, giants and Titans aren't the same. I know. Wow. But they also get stuck in underground spots. So, yeah, a lot of these like giant. Mm-hmm. Figures and humanoids are like so often tied. Scary with to think the of their earth and like molten corpses I know. in the volcanoes. Isn't that is it's frightening? Scary. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> they just burn for eternal time. Yeah. <laughs> but also, so the titan, the titans were kind of like parental lineage characters of the Olympians. I think. Right? Okay. Yeah. Yes, some of those yes. were. But giants mm-hmm. are like a totally other race. Okay. And they're like gone. They're, gone. They're all in volcanoes. Well, not all in volcanoes, just some of them. Were, okay. Like, those of, who fought in the war. Yeah, those who died in the war became. Okay. Became oh, okay, okay. So I didn't okay, like okay, okay, read okay. the. Uh, there, uh, this is more of just like a light kind of touching on the concept of giants. Well, you could read me the whole one. <laughs> <laughs> just read everything. I know it would have been fun to read the Gigantomachy, but I did not. We don't have I've time. been 
in finals at school. So. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I don't think we need to. So the gigantomachy shows up all over ancient Greek art. In Greek yeah. iconography, uh, it's depicting, often depicting the gigantomachy where the giants are in furs, animal skins, super armed. They're Ooh. these wild warriors and sometimes they're depicted with wings. Uh-huh. So in... Giants also show up in Scandinavian myth. So there's hmm. the giant Emo, who was born from the vapors and fumes of the abyss. Once he was mm-hmm. killed, his blood gushed from the giant, forming the sea. From his bones, mm. the mountains. From his teeth, the stones. Ooh. From his skull, the heavens. And his brains scattered in the air give rise Ooh. to the clouds. His name is Emo? Emo. <laughs> his name is Emo. <laughs> Oh, my God. This just like 2006. We're all there. Okay. We're back. We're, we're back. back. So in Mexican myth, there were four sons, which were present. This is like some super derivative, whatever. So there's four sons were present before this current one. Um, okay. And they shut down one after another. And each of these sons kind of indicates a particular age of the world. Okay. So and these are sons like in the sky. In the sky. Yeah. So like, okay. yeah. Yes, the um, solar sons. Solar sons. Yes. <laughs> Not children. So during the first age, called the Age of the Earth, that's when the giants lived and they ended okay. up destroying each other. They're, so there's Whoops. all of these like ancient giants living before humans. They Some things always ends up in a war. It's uh-huh. this like, early age of yeah. society. So from 1st through 18th century, people were excavating bones and thinking they were giants. So they often put them on display and were preserved as relics. So the Emperor Augustus in the first century BCE was one of the first people to kind of organize a curio cabinet or Uh gallery in his palace, uh, which had like artistic archaeological objects and several natural products and oddities Mm. from all over the empire. And Hmm. in there were some quote unquote giants bones. I would love to see that curio cabinet. I know. People... And they had them. People just had giant bones and curio cabinets for, you know, up until the, like, 18th century. I so would also, love to see how they displayed them. I would, well, you know, just had them out. Mm, Sometimes t- they're, like, carved with stories. That's so cool. So cool. Oh so many, uh, many studies tie the origins of the myths of giants inhabiting the earth before humans to kind of discovery of giant vertebrate bones. Uh-huh. Um, so it's really interesting, like, they would have this giant graveyard at the beginning of this episode. That's yeah, so ties absolutely. into, I don't know if you guys have ever seen a, like, an elephant skull, but it does look very humanoid. And it look, there's mm. that center hole that, oh, which yeah, is their, you're right. their snout hole, which looks oh, just like a cyclops. So that's yeah. where these things come, come into being. Oh, my God. So Herodotus and Pliny wrote about the discovery of the bones of the giant Orion and the giant Orestes. So there's a lot of these, like, ancient authors writing about the discovery of these bones and, like, cataloging these Mm -hmm. things that were really probably just dinosaurs or other vertebrates. Mammoths. Sometimes, like, ancient, like, horse teeth, like, unearthed were Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. described as, like, giant's teeth. So people would just, like, have these horse teeth collections because they couldn't really, you know, test DNA or do any kind of, like, scientific studies. No, they're like, these look like horse teeth, but I'm pretty sure they're giants. I'm pretty sure they're giant teeth. So, like, before reading this, I didn't really realize how long, like, people have been believing in giants. I thought it was definitely Mm -hmm. more of, like, an ancient world thing. Yeah. But, like, obviously, like, tall people exist. You know, we all all know tall people. (laughs) Right. 
but uh, this is like a race of humans who were like over 10 feet tall. So I looked okay. up the tallest person in recorded history. And according to the Guinness Book of World Records, it's Robert Wadlow, who Ooh. was eight foot 11 inches. Oh, my gosh. He was wow. a giant of Illinois. He was born like 22nd. As tall as my ceilings. <laughs> I feel like. So tall. Taller. So he was it's born taller. the 22nd of February, 1918. He's a Pisces, ladies. Oh, my gosh. He weighed 8.7 pounds when he was born and totally average size. Wow. Isn't that crazy? He just grew. So, and this tall boy. dragged me right back in to, if we want to talk about Star <laughs> Trek a little bit more. I do. So have you seen that YouTube video? Oh, my God. I can't remember. The sh- I didn't write down what the show is. I feel really stupid. What but was the it? YouTube video is Jonathan Frakes asks you things. It's on YouTube. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I said, like, um, I forget what that. It's called the show like, too, but. Oh my god, I feel so stupid for not writing it down. Mm. But basically, it's just him being like, "Do you remember the last time you walked under a ladder? Do you yeah. remember the <laughs> tallest man you've ever seen?" And it makes me laugh so hard. <laughs> okay, so in the 1500s, there is this author Fazello who published a history mm-hmm. of Sicily. And mm-hmm. he listed it as a fact that Sicily's first inhabitants were like a giants and cyclops. This is like in the 1500s, mm-hmm. which Why just not? seems, I don't know. It's just so They're fantastical to me. Mm-hmm. So in 1745, this guy Francesco Di Maria Avola published oh. some writings and also confirmed his the reportings that Sicily was founded by giants. So people have been like publishing this as it. fact. Mm-hmm. And like... 1745 isn't that long ago. No. Really? Like, I I work at a historical archive, and I, like, handle letters and manuscripts Mm -hmm. from 1745. Did these people believe in giants? (laughs) (laughs) We must know. I must know. So, but there were, like, people at the time, like, putting two and two together, but, like, not everyone believed in giants. But it's still, I don't know, it just blew my mind. I didn't really think of that timeline. Well, it's a very, you know, we think of the Enlightenment as kind of, like, closing down sometimes of... Mm -hmm philosophy but it's actually very capacious like it's a very open period in terms of exploratory people are just they're open stuff. to whatever you want you got they're some like, new history maybe give me some alternative I mean, facts yeah <laughs> see what's up <laughs> i want to know they like just found out that like there's like lots of other suns and stuff recently, yeah right and yeah like, uh, wow i mean yeah it there's so many scientific studies or scientific Exploration, like, mm-hmm. our minds are broadening. Right. We're learning all these new things. Let's test yeah. it out. What else could be new? What else could is be giants? Real? Okay, often also these bones were used as evidence of giant people who were exterminated by the divine wrath through the catastrophic great flood. So a lot of times these bones are kind of used to mm. like prove sacred scriptures yes. were true. Sure. So very common themes in giant stories across the world. Let's hear are them. Are are ancestors to contemporary gods. There's usually rocks and stones involved. Mm-hmm. So sometimes throwing them to make mountains. Sometimes the giants are made of stones. Stone giant. Stone giant. It's like in a never ending story. The rock. Yes. <laughs> crunch, crunch. Crunch, crunch, crunch. Mm. So they usually live in caves and forests outside of human communities. So are we uh-huh. checking off some boxes here in we this sure episode? Are. Yeah. A lot of times the stories involve a lot of anger, um, uh-huh. anger motivations, some chaotic vibes. Mm-hmm. They're usually associated with origin stories for kind of natural features of the landscape. So like mountains and rivers yes. and floods. So it was interesting when you were talking about David and Goliath myths, and I forget exactly 
the Gilgamesh you myth? Was it the Gilgamesh like, when he has like, your, yeah. uh, your eyes are floods? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think so, he said exactly that, but. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but something along those lines. Because even yeah. if it's like. It's like I'm, floods and fire, kind of like yeah. elemental. Yeah, elemental apocalyptic things that would yeah. have happened at that time. Ah. And there's also often an element of kind of tricking them. Mm. So in the Scandinavian Eddas, there are a few stories of giants being tricked out of their wages. In the mm. Odyssey, mm. I mean, Polyphemus was a cyclops, but still. Mm-hmm. In the Odyssey, we have him being tricked out of eating the crew. Mm-hmm. So one of the articles I read was kind of focusing on German folklore and the myths like documented in the Nordic Eddas. And they talk about that the giants are kind of talked about in this sort of non-religious, but more like origin of nature way. So it's interesting that okay. they're not like cults dedicated to these giants. It's not, mm-hmm. we don't have anyone worshiping right. them. Yeah, that's true. And, but they were these like ancient kind of creators of like natural space and landscape. So that's fascinating. I know. And they're often kind of at odds with these new ruling religions and faiths and humans in general, because, you know, anything at odds with anything that's kind of changing the way of life. Mm. So, yeah, these running themes of giant humanoids, their size can differ too. kind of like Goliath. Sometimes they can be like around the world. The stories can have giants be like up to a couple stories high. Sometimes they're like 10 feet high. Sometimes they're only like six foot nine. Mm hmm. Yeah, again, giants are usually hostile to humans and human communities. In some kind of later Christian versions of older folktales, the giants are sometimes replaced with the devil in stories and this kind of like trickster oh, element. interesting. But usually the devil isn't kind of talked about in the same giant size way. Mm-hmm. But it still kind of takes space of being like hostile against the reigning faith. So those are okay. kind of some, some yeah. themes. Heretics. Yeah, these like older schools of thought battling new paradigms. In the Eddas, giants could also shapeshift to animals. So oh. we have, like, e- they could shapeshift to eagles or dragons and wolves. Cool. The offspring of Loki, our favorite trickster oh, god, yeah. and a giantess were a wolf and a serpent. Oh, yeah. So these animals, all kind of aside from the eagle, are traditionally associated with more chthonic ancient stories and myths. So mm-hmm. it's, so can, all of the evidence is here that these giants are really ancient, ancient stories and mm-hmm. metaphors for something else that's happening. Yeah. Sometimes they're depicted as wise, uh, kind of similar to the reigning gods. And so, which I, I like that about this giant. Goliath is, he's a, he's a smart man. You know, he's just mm-hmm. kind of singular minded in his, his grief yeah. and, and pain. Mm-hmm. And they are typically described in, um, has having like heteronormative families. So there's like husbands, wives, and kids. But unlike the gods, a Norse giant can be born from anything. They don't have to have like a cisgender hetero relationship to kind of produce a mm-hmm. giant. They can be born from the earth, from mm-hmm. not from stone, from the blood of the sea. So this is just mm-hmm. all kind of just interesting things. Yeah, about this them. kind of like primal nature mm-hmm. kind of I'm imagining like bubbling up of giants from various yeah. different sources. Totally. These just like proto-human characters that are more like Earth than man and they're bigger mm-hmm. than us because they're connected to all this stuff. Yeah. So even so I feel like this story is totally in line with all the themes and motifs of like mm-hmm. our human history of folklore about giants. So it's interesting to have like David using a like a small stone to take yeah, down this massive right. giant because he could have mm-hmm. used like anything, but to right. include that element that's so common to mm-hmm. giant stories was very, yeah. very interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Like a small stone, like a human sized projectile. Yeah. Stone to, to take, take down, down this like the earthy. Thing. The earth mm-hmm. warrior. 
Yes. And also that he's so focused on his anger, but he's not... He's not uh, chaotic. Yeah, he's not chaotic at all. He's mm-hmm. he's not chaotic. He's not, like, blustering. He's not, like, lost in it. He's just, like, a mm-hmm. human would be. He's just so... Mm-hmm. His heart is poisoned by hate. Yeah. But yeah, and again, like, we have David kind of representing this new uh, religious paradigm. Mm-hmm. Right. Destroying this giant by outsmarting him because, I mean, we'll get to mm-hmm. it later exactly how they outsmart him. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, not just that he on his own has this like one tool and he overpowers him he definitely uses right. they have a plan yeah and there's like a little bit of like mm-hmm. divine intervention yeah but it's also kind of similar as you're talking about before that it was um with your like hypertext and hypotext mm-hmm. that it's kind of similar to like zeus and the titanomachy story where you're having mm-hmm. this like younger protagonist taking down this other yeah, school of thought right. this other paradigm mm-hmm. anyway and then oh my last thing i want to talk about argus who's like one of my favorite giants do you know Ooh, about yes. him yes i don't know much so, about him argus panoptes is called the all-seeing he was hmm. a many-eyed giant in greek mythology and then there's a a phrase often used called that says followed by the eyes of argus which means under intense scrutiny oh so the epithet all-seeing led him to being described as having a hundred eyes. So he doesn't hmm. necessarily have them, but in some stories he does. Mm-hmm. So the epithet was also applied to the titan Helios of the sun and Zeus. So it's this kind of specific kind of distinction where you're this, you know, overseeing godlike thing. And only a few of his eyes hmm. would sleep at a time. So he's just, you know, I can just hear them kind of fluttering <laughs> oh. and opening. I know. Wow, that sounds exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> so he worked for Hera. And he was said to have slayed the thonic serpent creature Echidna. And uh, another task, and that's how he kind of earned the respect of all the Olympians, is that he slayed this creature. So another task that Hera gave him was to guard the nymph Io, who Zeus had fallen in love with. And Hera had transformed Io into a beautiful, milky white cow. Mm. And so Argus was tasked with keeping her safe from Zeus. So Mm -hmm. Zeus knew what was going on. And he tasked Hermes to kill Argus. Uh-oh. And so Hermes disguises himself as a shepherd. So we have this this trickster god Uh-oh. disguising himself. And mm-hmm. then he spoke a charm to make all of Argus's eyes fall asleep. And Uh-oh. then hit him with a stone. What? And trick and killed him. Oh my gosh. So we've had so we have, similar. You know, we have tricking. We have young trickster male protagonist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, shepherd. Shepherd with his like charming ways mm-hmm. and killing him. So to commemorate Argus, because Hera loved him so much, she had his hundred eyes preserved in the peacock's plume. Oh, beautiful. So next time you see a peacock, think of the eyes of Argus. Argus. I'll watch it. Next time I go to the zoo and see a peacock, I'll run after it. Like, like, Argus, Argus. <laughs> Come back to me. Giants. Giants. Amazing. I know. Isn't that cool? So I never yes. really thought of giants being such a um, cross-cultural human experience yeah, me like neither. that fascinating though yeah we've learned so much we learned more we than have... i thought we would in this episode i i agree <laughs> you know when you try <laughs> you get there <laughs> you get there <laughs> so we're we're back and and we've learned about giants and and now we're back in this castle um we've seen this bedroom before <laughs> This is definite. I feel like this is the bedroom from the theme song scene. It has the same four poster bed with maybe some red velvet blankets and red gauzy curtains instead of purple. Yeah. And we find David here 
scribbling away. And he's, he's lounging on a silken daybed. Gozaxi. <laughs> you could tell what he was writing. I wrote it down because it made me laugh so hard. I was like, I don't think, I really don't think this is real Greek. Yeah. Was it? I, I mean, I, I don't, they look like Greek letters, but I don't know. I couldn't tell. I couldn't, I couldn't I was tell like, the sensitive that poem up. he was writing about his up. heart. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, his my death heart. cab lyrics. <laughs> I will ever follow you. So thunder's rumbling outside. Mm-hmm. Gabby comes into the room. It's candlelit. She's carrying a plate. Yeah, it's candlelit. <laughs> She's carrying some food. Yeah. She's like, wrote, have you eaten? Uh-huh. I wrote, she has a food, a bowl, some soup, sex soup. <laughs> <laughs> Just drink this. It's drink cool. it. Love me. Uh, and then she says, are what you, she, say? she says, are you writing one of your psalms? <laughs> oh, I don't want to interrupt you writing your psalms. What are you writing about today? <laughs> and she is like so thirsty for him. Oh, my it gosh. Is, she it, you is can already feel it. the poem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's written like one of the psalms. Oh, my God. Yeah, so she sits, yeah, they're sitting on a love seat, and she sits, like, as close to him as she possibly can. Yeah. And then she says, stories are meant to be told. Tell us who we are. Tell me who you are. <laughs> like, she's just, like... She's, like, please, lead me. Like, I want to just be inside your soul with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can I be there? I, you know what, I started writing some psalms, and I feel like... We should read them to each other. Mine is about you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so funny. Oh, God. Yeah. And so she's just like pushing that, like, even though Jonathan is next in line to be king, David's the real hero. And he needs to believe in himself. He needs to see his own value. But I also feel like he also, he does. Yeah. And like, I think he gets really working. Yeah. (laughs) he knows Gabby. He's fine. He, he, he knows yeah. his place in the world. Oh, and she says, I sing of David, the warrior poet of Israel. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is that a real psalm? I can't remember. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think so. I think no. the Greek, I sing of, you know, it's like I sing of Achilles. Oh, yeah, I yeah, I sing yeah. of whatever. Uh-huh. She's just doing that. All he did, he did for his family and his God. And he's oh. like, wow, thank you. Yeah. That would have been a good time for him to be like, I was just writing about my fiance Sarah. I, love I really her. love her. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, Sarah comes in like immediately. <laughs> Gabby, Gabby's going in for that kiss, though. Yeah, he said. Wait, does he? Did I just write this, or did he actually say it? He said David loves the poem. He says it's beautiful. You're beautiful. He didn't say you're beautiful to her, did he? No, he didn't. I don't. I think know. I just wrote that as a reaction thing. Anyway, doesn't matter. Totally doesn't matter. I was totally distracted when Sarah came in because I was she, like, is she his sister? Because it's true. I was like, he hasn't mentioned anything about her at all. He should learn to tell. Well, I mean, if you are someone who obsesses over people from afar, like me, yeah, right. you can like pick up the body language between, you know, some a couple yes. pretty quick. Yeah. And I spotted that when they first got to this town. I was like, I know. Oh, I was taken. like, oh, he's taken. <laughs> yeah. But then like he's like doesn't say anything when she like starts to tell him the poem that she wrote about him. <laughs> and like has brought him a late Sad. evening meal yeah, into like, his oh, bedroom. Great. Yeah. I it's 
Anyway, so Sarah comes in with some sex snacks because everyone's Mm -hmm. just showing up to David's room. This is like prime dorm politics here. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. like, knock, knock. It's like 9 p.m. Yeah, there wasn't a sock on the doorknob, so I just came on in. (laughs) Just like, maybe I can drop some stuff by. Oh, you're writing? That's cool. Cool, that's great. I'll just sit here on your bed because there are not any chairs in this room. Oh, yeah. Like, oh. This is your room? Cool. <laughs> what else do you have in here? Cool poster. Uh, funny of... poster. <laughs> yeah, like, what would the poster be? <laughs> God. <laughs> Just a giant. A giant poster of God. <laughs> Just <It's> God. <laughs> She's like, wow, I'm really like how you're into religion. Yeah, this is really cool. How Not many in an ironic way. <laughs> yeah, how many gods do you have? <laughs> oh, my God. So, anyway, we find out he's betrothed. Yes. She's totally lovely. Sarah's great. Mm-hmm. Gabby's like, I'm gonna, I read this whole room wrong. I don't I'm know how, but she here. Did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I like how she leaves and she's just like, dum, 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 dum. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> like, relatable. Gabby. Yeah, like, I, as I've said, we've been there, Gabby. <laughs> we've all been there. And she is, she's probably like, like 17, 18, maybe. One, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, she's perfect age for this mm-hmm. of course She's going through it just as we all have and just as we all have <sighs> so then gabby goes so off to find xena and yeah. where is xena the much Zena more interesting is... character here <laughs> yeah. she xena's she's leaning out the window it's a thunderstorm outside i am pretty sure this is the scene from aries fortress and xena looks great in it xena it's got kind of like peaked windows <sighs> and she's just watching the storm come in it's a dream. I mean, Thinking can you her imagine? Thoughts. Oh my like, god! What wouldn't you give to to be in a castle? Xena's there. <laughs> it's a thunderstorm. You're just gonna talk and look out of the thunderstorm. Oh my with god! Zena. You're gonna talk about your deepest regrets with Xena. Yeah. You're gonna talk about like you're gonna oh just my god. unleash your shame, and she's gonna share with you yeah. her feelings. This is a dream come true. This uh, this is the available person you want. Gabby. Yeah. This is right. the, like, there's no red flags here. Gabby, or no. Zena's, <laughs> Zena's a person to talk to. So I love, she like goes yeah. up and she like puts her hand on the small of Zena's back. Mm. And they're like, it's like this, why weren't you just with Zena this whole time? I know. This is the, like, this is the love interest for you, Gabby. She's just into people who are or may soon become cult leaders who are interested, who are really interested in religion and leading people and poetry. saving the world in a nonviolent way. I guess. Yes. She's like, lead me there. Except for David will eventually cut Goliath's head. They cut that out of the episode. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Where are we? Okay. So So we're there. Then Gabby's like, thunder keeping you up. (laughs) Oh my gosh. As if Xena can't like sleep through anything if she wanted to. (laughs) So Xena tells her that 10 years ago, she and Goliath fought Gareth's army. Goliath had been uh, taking his family to safety. Zena mm-hmm. was surrounded and injured. Mm-hmm. And Goliath chose to help her instead of his family. And Gareth killed them all. Isn't that evil? Gareth sounds really bad. He's so awful. And then Zena mm-hmm. says, I owe him much more than my life, which mm-hmm. is, oh, God, it's awful. And then Gabby I and Zena hold hands, which is really mm-hmm. sweet. And I feel really bad for Zena and all this I conflict. Mm-hmm. And this path is just so difficult that she has to... Stick with her convictions and her moral code. I know. Yeah. Even above her feelings and her friendship. You know, of course, you know. So then we go to the next day. We're on a battlefield. Mm-hmm. The Israelites are armored. Yeah. 
Xena steps forward. There, yeah. He's accepted, accepted the terms. The terms. <laughs> and they sound the horn. Uh oh, here comes Goliath. He's wearing a special helmet. Oh, ha ha ha. Covers the bridge of his nose. No. So Xena has her hand on the chakram and she starts giggling, which is great. I love it. She's like, this is fun. Because, yeah, yeah. She's, whatever she's going to do, she's probably not going to kill him. Chase me. Yeah. Take your best shot, Xena. And he runs after her, knocking towers over. <laughs> yeah, they run through a, a little obstacle course full of yeah. stacked rocks. Little temple of doom. Yeah. Like, foam rocks. <laughs> Zena's laughing. There's, and I say, oh no, the Philistines are catching the Israelites off guard and they shower oh, them with yeah. arrows. They, mm-hmm. didn't, they didn't agree Dishonorable. with the terms. And it kills a bunch of the Israelites. And Gabby tells everyone to run. Yeah. And then luckily Zena throws her chakram, which ricochets off of each of the archers' heads. It's amazing. Returns to her hand. (laughs) Xena's taunting Goliath. And then Mm -hmm. Goliath hates all the killing. He's like clearly not happy about what he's doing, but he just has to do it. Xena's fighting everyone, tells people that Israelites are out there. But then Goliath flips a cart onto Jonathan. Oh, no. I know. And then as they're all retreating, Xena finds this pile of salt the villagers have left it's around. Great. It's great. It's a giant pile of sacks of salt. <laughs> they're rich, basically. Yeah. I'm like, how is this? You guys, This is a pretty rundown village for all this yeah, salt. Yeah. How'd you guys get all this salt? <laughs> Whoa, but she, that's a lot of salt. <laughs> All right, these Richies over here. Then she throws it in Goliath's eyes. Ouch. And Xena and another soldier carry Jonathan out of there. And they take him to a cave. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a nice cave. It's It's verdant. It's well lit. (laughs) Verdant. Then Mm -hmm. Gabby helps people with fresh bandages, which is hilarious. Mm -hmm. And Xena's trying to help Jonathan, but there's nothing she can do. I know. It's so sad. King Saul's super sad. Ugh, it's awful. Mm -hmm. Everyone's sad. And then mm-hmm. Zena's being Dr. Zena a little bit, helping people with oh, yeah. their wounds. Mm-hmm. Gabby follows and is like, the helmet's the problem. We got to get Goliath to take the helmet off. Like, yeah, yeah we do. We know that. <laughs> but but then, how, Gabby? But then what's Zena's plan? What does she say? Uh, she can't kill Goliath. The people need yes, a leader. Right. They need someone to believe in. She's not going to stick around. So mm-hmm. I, just, I love that she's not about taking care of things for people she's about helping people help themselves it's true she's like this isn't gonna work if if i do it mm. who's gonna be your leader and then david just comes up and Zena's like i need to talk to you and he said no i need to talk to you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna be the leader i need to do it i gotta kill him Zena's like cool mm-hmm. job's half done <laughs> yeah perfect i'll see you later okay she helps them make a plan. They So they, they're they off making a plan somewhere. And then mm-hmm. we go back to uh, the giant graveyard. Yes. <sighs> Zena finds Goliath. And we see Goliath's wife and children bones. Wasn't that Oh my gosh, that I didn't dark. even pay attention to that, but that's really dark. It was really sad. And they're yeah. just on the smoggy earth. He's so sad. Oh, it's terrible. Zena goes up I to mean, him. I mean, the idea that they would leave their bones unburied is like, they must have... A very different understanding of mourning and like the place of the dead. I don't know. I'm into it. I like like if you are viewing the earth as if like you're so a part of I the earth see, that you don't need to bury could, your dead. Like, I mean, he's there. Your bones will just become the mountains. I know. And maybe the if you're a giant, is they your mantle scattered by the animals. But yeah. Like, I mean, like it's like scattering <laughs> ashes. I guess 
but I don't know. It's not. Yeah, it just seems so hard to have your family like always there, always like super visible. I yes, I would not want that for my family. No, but I can see why a giant would be fine with it, and why yeah. this is a way for the giants to do it. <laughs> I can accept <laughs> that somehow this is something that giants find soothing. Yeah, I don't. I didn't look up like what their religion is or what they what no, they believe. I doubt there's anything about their burial practices. <laughs> Giant burial practices. <laughs> I mean, but it, yeah, it, I mean, it's kind of it's in line with how we were talking about these. It's true. They're like, like gigantic monkeys and death. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, with the the severing of their heads becomes the sky, and mm-hmm. their their right. blood is the rivers. So then, in yeah. that case, you wouldn't want to bury them. You would want to leave right. them out. They're kind of part of the ground. Below us. But the, they are the earth yeah. below us and the air around us. Okay. So, Xena goes up to him. He's not wearing mm-hmm. the helmet, so she could kill him if she wanted to, but she's I not going to do that. Yeah. They don't want to kill each other. She's yeah. like, you can't trust Dagon. He's a right. shithead. She's like, just leave, and it's going to be fine. You don't yeah. have to do this. You don't have to do this. Your wife wouldn't want you to do this. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't want you to kill innocent people to die for your revenge. And he's like, no, yeah. she wouldn't, but she's dead. Yeah, right. Because he wasn't there when she needed him. I and know. that's fair, I think. Yeah. I, I like. Know. He's... I don't blame him for any of this. Although I do, I mean, I think you have to like hold people responsible for wanting to kill other people in order to avenge their... You do have to hold people responsible, but I can. We can see where he's coming from. He's not like a crazy giant. No, I I do not advise people to kill people (laughs) in retaliation for other, you know, crimes. But I can see if your family has been annihilated, then you now become a villain. You would have those feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's totally fine. Mm -hmm. So. So this is the end of their friendship. Yes. He's like clearly making a choice. He's not going to abandon his this particular path to his vengeance. And they say, she says, you were a good friend, Goliath. And he says, so were you. And that was, a, I love that they had a, mm-hmm. such a like closure. civil ending, such closure mm-hmm. to their, to this friendship. Yes. It's so same. honorable. So then we go back to, yeah, back to the, the Israelites. Mm-hmm. David's practicing with his sling. Yeah. Gabby comes up. You wanted to see me? And they, and like, talk about their awkwardness. Yeah, he's like, it feels like you're avoiding me, which is also, this is, like, very typical. Oh, my gosh. Yes. It's like, <laughs> we like, have I'm, seen this. I know. Like, I also feel like in 2006, like, can we talk about this? Yeah. Like, let's have this intense conversation about this interaction that we could just ignore. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was awkward. Can't we talk about it? <laughs> can I have a longer awkward conversation? Oh my God, yeah, let's have a, like, three-hour AIM chat about our feelings. <laughs> But you said, and then I was like, that didn't make me feel good. <laughs> so he's like, I should have told you about the betrothal. And she's like, I just didn't want to be an issue. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can just be friends. Great. Yeah, perfect. All set. He tells her about his new religion. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like his religion. And well, they also talk about the sling. And he's like, it's my best yeah. weapon. Mm-hmm. And then everything's possible when you put your faith in the Lord. Yeah, I was I was a little like, whoa, okay. <laughs> well, we've seen it's this true. before. We've seen this before, but it um, mm-hmm. that line struck me. Yeah, well, that's his whole story. It's a story, and then he, yeah, he's like, "Do you want to look at any of my writings?" By the way, she's like, "He's like, let's just be friends." But um, do you want to hear my psalm poetry? And she's like, "Yeah." And I'm like, oh, "We're oh, going to continue talking on AIM until about four a.m." <laughs> Here's my first psalm. <laughs> <laughs> we don't like each other though. 
like, you need, I want you to read them. I want you to have them in case I die also. Like, oh my God. Let me entrust like, you with. just me? <laughs> this is, oh my God. Yeah, this is, this is probably why I was so like, I was not loving him because he was reminding me of like some very particular people. In yes, yes. <laughs> I just feel like I think it's like I think that his acting was charming me because I was like, you are fully that person. He was definitely. Fully I am that person. like very convinced about who you are. Yeah. That actor. Which I is, should have looked up his name. Ugh, we should. We should look it up. Mm-hmm. So then he recites the is that the Lord's Prayer? Lord is no, my shepherd. It's the Lord is my is shepherd. But I'm okay. not sure if there's a different title. But it's actually pretty nice. Oh, and that then, was beautiful. Do you, yeah. I wrote it down, if you don't know it by heart. Do you want me to say it I don't it know loud? it by heart, okay. yeah. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Which is lovely. That's lovely. I know. My, my strongest relationship with that, I believe, is in the end of Titanic. The priest oh. is saying that as the, oh the end of the ship is being Yikes. struck forward. Yeah. Very emotional. So it's a good one. It definitely brings yeah. solace. You know, it's nice to have uh, psalms and poetry just always bring solace to everyone. We got to yeah, have our literature. It's a lovely, lovely psalm. And Gabby loves it, obviously. Oh, God. Yeah. She's like this. She's like, I will hold I guess we'll just your be friends. poems in my heart for the rest of my life. Oh, totally. Yeah. She's going to like quote them and use them as her away mm-hmm. message. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just really like it. My friend wrote it. He's just my yeah, friend. He's just my friend. I'll quote him, but like quote him in a code name or something. <laughs> he's like, like my he's best friend. Name. I don't know. We hang out a lot. <laughs> uh, okay. So next day at the battlefield, Gabby's worried about the weather, but why? <laughs> <laughs> it's so cloudy. Oh, what is the, what's the problem? What's the plan? Xena's worried too. They have a plan. They need luck. Zena they have says, a lot of golden shields, the Israelites do, which golden shields. Um, my son would be very excited about his he loves a best gold color, as he would say, is gold. That is a and good color for him. It's a great color. I, he recently requested golden shoes, and I was like, I will make that happen. Yeah. I'm gonna find some golden shoes. Find some golden shoes, little Hermes mm-hmm. boy. I know. Oh, you should like, give him some little gold shoes with wings on them so he can be super fast. I should. Yeah. That'd be cute. Let's glue some on. Making like giant sounds. So Zena says, "If all this praying, oh yeah, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, David's praying." Zena says, "If all this works out, I lose a good friend." Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. David. Yeah, he's silently praying, and then she suggests that he mention the weather to his god, and then the sun Mm -hmm. comes out. Oh my gosh! The horn. Goliath shows Goliath up. Goliath walks with, up. He has a giant yeah. sword. Uh, and the Israelites position themselves with their gold shields up. And mm-hmm. David steps forward and all the Philistines are laughing because he's just this yeah. young man. And they say, he- we want Cena. <laughs> <laughs> so he puts his rock in a sling, swings it and jumps around. Yeah. Goliath he tries- misses a few times. Yeah. As Goliath is trying to... Um, <laughs> Hit him with the sword. There's thunderclaps. Mm-hmm. He swings and he hits Goliath in the chest with the mm-hmm. uh, with the pebble. Doesn't do much. Yeah. Everyone's laughing. He keeps missing. Right. He's missing and missing. But then the missing. sun comes out. <gasps> the Israelite army puts their golden shields together. And it makes a beam of light that heats up Goliath's 
and it's, it's unclear it if it's like hot. vibrating or if it's like too bright yeah what i guess it would just be too hot yeah maybe but it's does, too hot does gold heat at that that quickly yeah. Well, I'm so glad what, you asked. What's the melting point of gold <laughs> or bronze or whatever that Let is? Let me bring in my expert jeweler. <laughs> oh, so then Goliath no idea. swings and swings and hits him right in the eye. What is it? Yeah, he swings and he hits, takes off his helmet, some, right? Yeah, yeah he, he takes off his helmet. That's, That's the key. Happens. Phew. Okay, phew. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he took off his helmet, exposing the weak spot. Yeah, and David hits him right on the bridge of his nose, and then he's screaming and falls, and it is so actually scary, much more horrifying than I thought it would be. And Zena's really, yeah, Zena's having a hard time with it. All the sides are fighting. Mm -hmm. Dagon hops on the horse and escapes, Mm. and then the Israelites run up to David and cheer, and then Zena and Gabby go over to Goliath, and then his death scene. Eyes are bleeding. It was really scary. I know. She's like, "I'm here for you." He's like, am I going to see my family? And she says, I don't know if you'll see your family. Yeah, I can't be the judge. I I really, I liked that. I like that she wasn't even trying to like. She was honest. She was just honest. And that's Mm -hmm. real friendship, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, but I'm here for you. And it's time for you to go because your war is over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It leaves you wondering, like, what is going to happen to Gareth? But we don't know. We don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Wait and see. But again, it's this is just so much needless death all yeah. the time. This is a very heavy hitting theme on the show. It really is. I know. Um, and Gabby squeezes her hand and walks away. And then the ending of this was very oddly very placed. Mm-hmm. Zena's like walking through the boneyard. And then yes. there's a voiceover of her thinking her own thoughts saying, yeah. Goliath, I know like, you can I hear know. me. <laughs> I know. And Which has not like, been established that she... Him. Yeah, but I know. that's not... She can talk to the dead. None of established, yeah. But she, yeah, she's going to think of... Remember him as a great warrior, a loving husband and friend. Mm-hmm. And it's the end. Da-da! That, 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 that's it. Yeah, and I was like, that is a really abrupt ending. But I looked it up, and apparently, according <gasps> to whoosh.org, Whoosh. which had some interviews, there was so much extra footage from here mm. that they just lopped off the fourth act, which I assume is Xena and Gabby confronting gareth or something mm, yeah. for a day in the life later in the season oh interesting okay yeah so it's like so it, it feels really abrupt for a reason because they were just like oh, too long Bloop. <laughs> let's not edit it all down let's just take this part off that's interesting well i'm very excited yeah. for day in the life that was a, i know i can't wait to meet gareth you <laughs> <laughs> know gareth gareth Okay, so what did what? So our themes we talked mm. about that a little bit in this mm-hmm. episode. Um, needless death, yes. not letting hatred poison your soul, learning to right. move forward. Yeah, you what can't do you think Zena learned? People. You can't just kill people. What do we think Zena learned in this episode? How to talk to the dead. <laughs> <laughs> she seems to have learned that, and I'm proud of her. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know where she picked it up, but obviously, in one of the off scenes, <laughs> she was working on that. What else did she learn? I don't know. This wasn't a big learning episode. This was no, a, a Zena not teaching. For Zena. Gabby learned some, but who knows if it was internalized? She got some <laughs> important experience. She did. <laughs> so Zena kind of taught us that you can still love your friends even when they're on the wrong side, but mm-hmm. it is important to not stand with your friends just because they're your friends. Yeah, you have to be able to do what you know is right. Yeah, and it doesn't mean you don't love your friends. 
No. I would say my extra Oscar would go to every Philistine soldier who was just yelling. Yeah, Thanks. the yelling was great. <laughs> I think we that two heads are better than one was my favorite. <laughs> that one's a good one. <laughs> Whoever that jokester is in the Philistine army. <laughs> you have our vote. Uh-huh. Argo was amazing in this episode. Yeah, I can't believe I mi- missed some of those key kicks. It was it, yeah, Argo was just like coming through the crowd, kicking, mm-hmm. fighting, doing Argo stuff. Great job. Amazing. Well, as we wind down, yeah. What was your Do favorite you a- Gabby moment? <laughs> um I guess I mean, I have to think about it. I, the moment when she leaves the David's bedroom after They're realizing like, dum, the situation. Dum, 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 dum. Yeah. <laughs> it's extremely relatable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. I'd say it's probably that. Yeah. Because there's so many other moments when she's kind of stepping into it where it's like, okay, just prepare yourself emotionally for this. <laughs> Roller coaster ride. <laughs> that was my favorite too. I also loved um, when he first came out and yelled, don't hurt her. And it was mm-hmm. so yes. clear he was going to be her love interest. <laughs> yes. I like that, too. Like, oh. <laughs> Gabby's like, what's that? He's like, is that a diminutive young youth? Who's yeah, like, is he, does he have a, you know, an with adherence a good heart? to his faith? Does he... Brave, but yeah. not really a fighter? Yeah. Well, I'm interested. <laughs> does he write poetry? That's what I want to know. Oh, my God. She's so funny. Yeah, this is a great Gabby oh, episode, actually. This, it was a really fun Extreme, Gabby episode. We went through Gabby's journey in this episode for sure. Oh, yeah. It was, I mean, again, Gabby is just all of us. Yeah, <laughs> she is. We're like, we want to be there at the thunderstorm with Cena, but sometimes we get distracted and we're like. Uh, we're just chatting till four in the morning with some boy <laughs> with who's not interested. Who <laughs> <laughs> just happens to be awake. <laughs> in the dorm somewhere oh my god exactly okay well if you like what we're doing here on the podcast you can like subscribe and follow us on your favorite podcast platform that really helps us out um you can also support us on patreon which is super awesome we have Mm -hmm. um if you go to like patreon.com and look up um iadawag underscore the xena show all these Mm -hmm. links are in the details of this episode and they're also on our instagram which is iadawag underscore the xena podcast so our patreon is super cool we have three like tiered levels um so you can do one dollar a month five dollars a month and ten dollars a month mm-hmm. and at all the different levels we send out different stuff so everybody gets different like extra screenshots that we've been taking from the episode that are really funny but then the highest tier gets and additional research from the episodes. We send those out kind of quarterly. Mm-hmm. And then Haley also sends out very fun artwork that is interactive and hilarious and cracks me up every time she sends them to me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't so, wait to make that chariot cult. Yeah. And so we're like so thankful for our patrons already. Like we, you guys are amazing. Thank you so much. Um, yes. If you guys could consider supporting us, it would be super awesome. Podcasts are not free to run takes like money and energy and all of your support is so appreciated thank you guys so much we're so grateful we're so grateful 
And we're also trying to get 10 Patreon subscribers. So once we do hit that 10 mark, then we'll send out a free sticker to everybody. So yeah. if anybody's interested. Justine's made some really awesome stickers. Yeah, I've been making fun stuff. And I want to make a, I'm going to make a specific one that's like just for Patreon people. Ooh. So cool. Come join yeah. the fun. Build the community. Yeah. Hang out with us. We also have merch on Teespring, too. So we have, like, shirts and stickers and bags and mugs. Socks. I wear my shirt all the time. They're actually, they're super comfy. They um, are. Yeah. My favorite t-shirt, I'd say. Cool. Cool. Well, that's that. Well. Thanks, everybody. Until next Until time. Until next time. Ah, la, 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 la. Tea. <laughs> <laughs> Giants. Dallas, Dallas, sad. Boom, boom, boom. Maybe he can make some friends with some giants. Oh, he should probably just make friends with giants. Yeah. <laughs>